Jesus. That's for him. So we're going to take this moment. And we're going to push off all those circumstances that got you worried. We're going to push off those things that you're concerned about. I'm going to forget about the argument in the car on the way in. And I want you just to close your eyes. And if you want to, you can lift your hands as an act of surrender. But just take this moment. Because it's for Him. And when His presence falls, where we stand becomes holy ground. Because the God we serve is holy. cries holy God our heart cries holy 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 is the Lord God that we would just fall before you and worship God fall before you on our knees God just crying holy is the Lord holy is the Lord and in this place God that you would be revered and you would be exalted for you are holy and all the people said amen oh God is holy there's been a real theme that's been coming through in my personal reading time is the holiness of God. The holiness of God. And I've been really looking into 
when His presence comes, what happens? When His presence is in this place, sickness and disease flees. All of that stuff just leaves because anything that is not of God cannot be in the same presence as God. So when we come into this place and you push aside everything that's trying to distract you and you take that moment and you make it holy unto the Lord, then you know what? You're going to receive those things you're looking for. You're going to receive the healing that you want, the salvation that you want for your family, the restoration of relationships. Honestly, you've got to have the holiness of God at the forefront of what you're doing in your mind. So on this morning, we're going to pray for these few prayer requests that we've got. And if you are here and you haven't had a chance, an opportunity to fill a card in, there's one in your seat pocket. Please feel free to do that and add it. And we will continue to pray with you because we are family. So we pray together, yeah? Yeah. So if you are believing for healing in your physical body or for a loved person's healing, I want you to place your hand right there. If you are believing for restoration of a relationship, then I want you to place your hand on your heart. And if you are believing for salvation for a loved one, I want you to raise your hand to God. And we're going to pray. And we're going to believe together. And we're going to see the miraculous come because where our God is, the ground becomes holy. So Father, we just lift up these prayer requests to You. God, and we proclaim that just because the weapon has been formed, it will not prosper against us. God, that just because the darkness has fallen into our lives and into a situation, it will not prevail because You God only ever have victory. You, God, only ever triumph over the evil things. So we thank you, God, that these prayer requests will be answered, that they are not a begging request. They are a faithful, believing in God, going to see things change request. And we thank you, God, for salvations. We thank you, God, for healings. We thank you, God, for restoration. And we thank you, God, that you will bless us abundantly because goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives. And all the people said, Amen. Thank you, God. Let's give Him a praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Awesome. Don't you just love being in the house of God? Yeah, I love being in church. Oh, there's no other place to be, honestly. So as you take a seat, please say hello to somebody. Welcome them. Make a coffee date. So I'd just like to welcome you here. If you haven't met me before, my name is Trinity. I'm part of the awesome team here. Um, if you're new, welcome. Hopefully you managed to, to find your way around. Um, just so you know, we have a few kids programs operating. We have Kids Zone, which is just through these double doors. So those are for our preschoolers, anyone who is under five. Then if you keep going around, you're going to run into our parents' room. We have an awesome parents' room where you can go feed your baby, change your baby. We have a live feed of the service. You actually have tea and coffee making facilities. You can help yourself. That'll be awesome. And then if you keep going all the way around, we have Ignite. And Ignite is for if they're in primary school. So that's from year one through to year six. Um, so feel free to do that. Normally, we would have Switch. And Switch, of course, is for our year seven, eights, and nines at school. But today, we decided to um, leave them in the service because if you happen to be at All In on Friday night, you would have had an awesome time with, um, with Jared Lieberzeit. So because of the reaction of some of our Switch kids to Friday night, we decided... Let's leave them in the service. They'll have a blast. So hopefully that's all good for you, yeah? 
So if you are visiting or if you are new, if you haven't yet done so, there's a Live Connected card in the pocket in, in front of you. If you would like to fill that out, give us your details. Well, all we're going to do with those is just send you a letter or an email just saying thank you for coming. And if you want to do or know anything about us, this is what you'd need to do. And that's the sum total of all we will do. We're not going to put you on a database and harass you, I promise, because really I hate that myself. So I'm not going to do it to somebody else, yeah? All right, so we have a couple of announcements. The first one is that on Sunday next week is Father's Day. You might not have known this. What was funny was I contacted my sisters a couple of weeks ago and I went, so what are we going to do for Dad on Father's Day? And my, one of my sisters goes, oh, is that this Sunday? No, it's August. It's in September. She goes, oh, that's good because I wasn't prepared for that at all. So, but anyway, so it'll be good. Um, so we've got some awesome things planned. Um, awesome food plan because who knows that Tamer does awesome stuff. Yeah, so it's going to be a great, um, a great Sunday. Also, we're going to finish off our Gods at War series. So um, come, lots of people I've spoken to have been really enjoying that. So please come along. Um, then on the fifteenth of September, we've got water baptisms. Now you need to sign up at the info desk for that. But water baptism is really important. If you have never been water baptized, you need to, because the Bible says be saved and to be baptized okay you don't need to be a Christian for like 16 years before you make the decision to be water baptized you need to be saved and get baptized and the reason why you do this is because it is a physical representation of something some that happens in the spirit and what happens in the spirit is if you've been struggling with your Christianity if you've been having issues with trying to stay committed to being a Christian and following God if you get water baptized you will find that all of a sudden half the stuff that you've been struggling with you will not struggle with anymore because you're putting your old man down, letting it die and rising up as a new creation. I highly recommend that you do this. Honestly, it's the best thing you'll ever do. Completely changed my life. And I'm so glad that I did that. So put your name down at the info desk. That'll be awesome. Then on the 21st of September, we have our daughter's event, Thrive. Well, that was pathetic. Fine, we'll cancel it and we'll do nothing. No, so we've got our daughter's event. Tickets are $10.00. Um, if you wait to buy them on the day, you will actually have to pay $15. Those tickets are available now. Um, invite your friends, get them along. It'll be a great night, I absolutely promise. And I think that about sums it up for our messages, uh, for our notices. So um, we're really privileged and blessed because we, as a church, um, have formed a relationship with the Lieberzites, and we love the Lieberzites. Brendan and Viv have been an absolute godsend and a gift to Craig and I on a personal level, and therefore they have had influence um, in the church. Like because of the stuff that we've learned from them, we've come back and talked with you guys. Both parents have been here and um, ministered. Hopefully, you guys remember that. Um, also had them at our CRC conference, and it was awesome. So. Madison was the one who decided, she's like, let's get Jared up. It'll be awesome. So we asked Jared to come, flew him up here. He's been here the whole weekend, which is a huge ask because, you know, he has got his own family. Um, Friday night, everything I've heard has been awesome. From what I heard from the, the worship team, Saturday was awesome. Saturday night with the youth leaders was awesome. And one of the things that I absolutely know is that the Bible says that what walks in the Father runs in the Son. So I know that this morning is going to be awesome. So why don't we welcome Jared? Good morning, church. How's everyone doing this morning? Everyone feeling good today? 
Good, come on. So good to be here. How good is the band this morning? Can we thank them real quick? Come on. Cranking, cranking. Um, well, hey, it is, it is so, so cool to be here. So good to be with you all this morning. And um, as uh, Trinity said, my name is Jared uh, Lieberzeit. And uh, no pressure, eh? You know, my, see, my dad, you know what he does. Hopefully I can be almost as good as him. Um, <clears throat> You know, because that's what it's about, eh? Being as good as him. Um, but uh, hey, I'm excited about this morning, and I'm so so honoured to be able to come and be with uh, the coolest people in Pukekohe. Let's be honest. That's 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 where it's at. Um, and uh, I have had the best weekend, and I just want to say thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks to to the Jordan family, to you know, to the church, to everyone involved. Um, we've had a great weekend. I'm just going to drop this down here, if that's okay. Because I, I like to walk a bit, you know, I believe in cardio, let's go. Um, but yeah, we had fun, Friday night was amazing, uh, we had like such a good time, and like the youth ministry here, let me just tell you, if you don't know and you haven't experienced it, the youth ministry of this church is working. It is reaching so many people, and like the amount of people that were in the room on Friday night that maybe don't believe in Jesus or are on a journey, like it was just special. And uh, and I believe that what's to come in the youth ministry is going to increase, not just for the youth ministry, for the church as a whole. I believe that in the name of Jesus. But um, yeah, it's been good. It's been a great weekend. I've I've loved it, and I can't believe you guys have like a full-on racetrack up here, like. We were like driving last night, and I was like, "What the heck is that? That's like it looks like Gran Turismo, you know? Like that's." Um, <laughs> but um, we are um, going to take some time today just to get into the Word of God. Does anybody love the Word of God? Yeah. Come on, so good. And uh, um, we're going to just uh, share some thoughts um, this morning. But um, I, so I'm from Annisbrook Church in Nelson, and um, uh, my kind of job is really to uh, run some things in our church. We look after our youth ministry and we run a campus in, uh, in Nelson, our Saxton campus is what we call it. And um, I, um, just a little bit about me, I guess, before we get into this. Um, I'm married. I've been married for seven years to um, my amazing wife, which is normally how it works. And uh, her name's um, Alicia. And um, I think we have a photo actually of my family uh, to show you. This is you can kind of see them, kind of can't, because I took it on a camera from the 60s, you know, but um, that's my wife in the, in the white. That's our four-year-old daughter. Her name's Brioni, and um, that's our son in the middle. His name's uh, Knox, uh, and that's me, in case you couldn't recognize me. Um, but, uh, you know, they say hi, and uh, I can't wait to get back to them this afternoon. It's going to be good. Anyways, um, and, and we just like, we are so blessed by what we get to do. We can't believe you know, have you ever had that moment where you just can't believe what you get to do? Like the fact that, like I, I woke up this morning and the first thing I said to God was, I, I'm so grateful that I get to do this. I'm so great. I can't believe it. It's just, it just blows me away. And it's just amazing. And, you know, I kind of have a sense today that, you know, well, I believe and know that God is in this place. I don't know about you, but in that worship time, I was like, man, the presence of God, the spirit of God is moving, is here and wants to do something. And I woke up this morning expecting and believing that for each and every one of us in the room, that God wants to speak to us. That God wants to do something in our life. And, and, uh, and you know, the faith in the room is going to make that a real thing. It's going to make it a real thing. And so I just want to encourage us today simply on your pursuit with Jesus. I want to encourage you in how you follow him and how you live as a follower of Jesus. I want to talk about really being much more than just a fan of Jesus, 
You know, you could be a fan of Jesus, but it's a whole other thing to be a follower of Jesus, right? It's, it's the difference between someone who actually, I, I, guess, I guess, knows about Jesus or knows about someone. Yeah, I know about that guy. Yeah, I'm a fan of his. You know, he's pretty cool. It's the difference between that and someone who actually knows, knows him, who is in an intimate relationship with him, who's, who, who just understands his grace, Come on, understands his peace, understands his plan and his purpose, his love, his mercy, everything that we receive. It's about being a follower of Jesus, not a fan of Jesus. Well, you can be both. Make sure you're a follower as well. And I want to share from just this um, bit of scripture today. We'll talk a bit about uh, some Bible uh, scripture, some ideas today. But this is Mark uh, 10, verse chapter six, uh, 46. Sorry. And, uh, and this, is, this is a great story. You, you may know it. Jesus heals a blind beggar, blind Bartimaeus. And uh, this is how the story goes. It says, As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. I, I love that it actually just um, this, it highlights that he is with a large crowd. He says he's with his disciples, but he's with a large crowd. And that really sticks out to me because I don't read it just in in the one scripture or in this one story, but I don't know, maybe you've read that a few times in the Bible. And it's quite interesting to me that we would see out of the word of God that Jesus, he'd go places with his disciples and his followers, but he'd also always have a large crowd with him. This kind of idea that Jesus was never just all about including just a small group of people, but he included everybody. That there could be a crowd with Jesus. And I think that's so encouraging for us today because you don't have to maybe be at church today and know, yeah, I'm, I'm a part of this. You know, you don't have to be at church and be like, I, I guess, already a follower of Jesus. Wherever you're at on the journey, whether you consider yourself a part of his crew or a part of the crowd, he includes you. He loves you. He wants the best for you. And so don't ever question it. You can belong here before you believe. You can belong here with whatever state of life that you're in, but he's with a large crowd and he's leaving the city, right? This is, that's where he's at. As he's leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, he was sitting by the side of the road. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. He said, Jesus, son of David, he said, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. They told him to be quiet. But instead he shouted all the more, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him over. So they called to the blind man. They said, he said, they said, cheer up, get on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. That's what Jesus asked him. The blind man said, no hesitation. He didn't really think too much about it. He just said, Rabbi, I want to see Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. Great story, amazing story. And um, hopefully we can take some encouraging thoughts from that today. But I just want to share a message with you today that I've given the title, uh, a simple title. And if you're taking notes, you should write this down. They say you remember 100% of the things that you write down. So, you know, that's kind of good. But you could write this title down. I don't want it if you're not in it. I don't want it if you're not in it, if you're not in it. I introduced you to my wife uh, just then, Alicia. We've been married for seven years, um, which, uh, which has been a, a, great, a great journey. And um, okay, we, we got married and we were pretty young. We got married and, I was, and we were 19, right? I'm 26 now, seven years ago, I was 19. 
great maths. And, uh, uh, and there's something that you need to know, and this some people already do know if you're with us at, on Friday night, if you were with us yesterday, you'll know about this, but um, we actually started dating, wait for it, when we were 12 years old, okay? Well, I was 12, she was 13. She's a cougar. You know, that's just... <laughs> But we met in church and, uh, you know, like we kind of like started a friendship and it was really, really cute and amazing at the time. But now when I see a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old in a relationship, I'm like, that is disgusting. Like that is inappropriate. Like what are you, like what are you thinking? And in fact, I think we actually have a photograph of what we looked like at this time, just so you can, this is us, that's us. <laughs> that is, why am I showing that? That looks bad. That is so... We were like, okay, we were young and in love. I think they call it puppy love. That's what it is, right? That's, that's what it is. And so we, we literally dated right through our teenage years. We, we basically grew up together. Uh, when I was 18, I proposed to Alicia. We were in um, Wanaka up um, snowboarding at a, um, a Cadrona ski field. And um, I proposed and she said yes, and it was great. And I remember when I proposed to Alicia at the age of 18, people were shocked, right? They were like, you guys are young. Like, what are you thinking? Like, this is just crazy. And I remember people like coming up to me and someone was saying like, hey, you know, have you not considered like living out your teenage years? They were like, you know, don't you want to like, you know, just continue being a teenager and, you know, like live the good life? And I was like, dad, I was like, just calm down. I was like... (laughs) It's not true. It wasn't him. But people were like, how are you going to afford to live? Like, how are you going to have, like, security for your future? Like, you need to make sure you do a bit of life before you can make this kind of commitment, don't you think? And, and this was, like, a real struggle. And I, I just remember, like, my answer to people was, like, you know, like, look, nothing matters apart from the fact that I have the opportunity to live the rest of my life with Alicia. I was like, look, nothing really, I don't care about anything else. Like, I just want to be married to her. I just want to do life with her. That was, that was just where it is. We, that's what we were thinking. And so when we were 19, she was 20 because she's, you know, a bit older than me. Um, we got married and uh, it was a great day. It was the best day. It was like, it was really incredible. And, and we didn't have heaps, right? So like these people were concerned that we weren't going to have much when we got married. And we actually like, we didn't, right? We were very blessed and like privileged to be able to own our first home um, like a week before we actually got married. So we had a house, we had a couple of chairs and like that was probably about it, you know, like we just didn't, we didn't have much. And, and I tell you what, it was okay. It was like totally fine. It didn't matter what we had because, you know, like, this sounds so romantic, but we had each other, you know, <laughs> We just, we had each other and that was, that was enough for us. And I remember the first couple of years as we were married, I got to experience some things and like go to some cool things and like, I don't know, go to some church events and conferences and do some ministry trips. And for whatever reason, Alicia couldn't, she couldn't come with me. And, uh, and I remember being on these trips and experiencing these things and being like, you know what, like this is pretty cool. Like I'm really enjoying this. But, and you may have uh, felt like this if you were married here today. Like, I remember thinking, like, but it would have been so much better if Alicia was here. Have you ever experienced, like, you know, like, I just, I was like, oh, man, I wish I didn't have to just bring these memories back by myself, but I wish I could share them with my wife, right? Because, you know, I've got to be honest with you, I'm not just a fan of Alicia, I'm like a follower of Alicia. Not in a creepy way, just in a normal, in a normal way. I'm, I'm, like, and I just, I, just, I just probably can conclude today that like, I don't really want it like, if Alicia's not in it or a part of it. 
you know, or with me in it. And that's just is how it is. And I think if, if you and I, if we come to church today and we are thinking and declaring with our heart that we want to be followers of Jesus, not just fans of Jesus, but followers of Jesus, like really, really know him, that there must be a marriage, that there must be a coming together, that there must be a, a declaration to say, I want Jesus and it's okay if I don't have anything else. It's a declaration of nothing is as good as being in relationship with Jesus. Everything I need, I get from Jesus. It's this daily declaration of Jesus. You know what? I don't want it if you're not in it. I don't want it if you're not a part of it. If it isn't your way for my life, I'm going to have to say no to it. We're going to shut that door because I know you're going to open the right door for me. See, what happens when we chase the wrong things? Like what happens when we start to maybe want the things that aren't of God or things that Jesus aren't actually, isn't actually in? I think we find ourselves much like the Samaritan woman at the well. You know the story, this, this, this image of uh, the Samaritan woman, it's in, in John 4 and, you know, Jesus, he's at this well and he's just kind of sitting by the well and out of nowhere comes this Samaritan woman and, and, and Jesus asks the Samaritan woman for a drink. He's like, hey, can you give me a drink? This lady, she recognizes that Jesus is a Jew. He is a Jewish man. And it is inappropriate for a, a Jew to uh, associate themselves with a Samaritan. And, and in fact, even worse, that it'd be a female and a male. And so she's like, look, like, no offense, but because of who you are, like, I don't know. You can't have a drink. I'm not going to give you a drink. And Jesus' response, I love Jesus' response. He's like, do you even know who I am? He's like, do you know who I am? He literally says, if you knew who I was, he says, you would know that I can give you more than just any old drink, but I can supply you living water, right? That's how the, that's how the story goes. And she responds and she's like, living water? Where does this come from? What does that look like? That sounds quite nice. Is that like sparkling water with a bit of lime, you know, like really quite refreshing? And John 4 verse 13 says this, Jesus answered her question of like, you know, where's living water come from? What does this look like? He answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Talking about the well that they were sitting at, you drink this water, you'll be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He's saying that this water, right? This, this well, this well of water will quench your thirst only for a moment. Just for a, just for a small segment of time, you'll be okay. But he says, my way, the living water, it is eternal, that it lasts forever. It's, it's kind of like this amazing idea that this, this lady, she goes to get a drink from the well, but Jesus starts to open her eyes up to what is maybe a new well. See, some of us in the room, we may be going through life feeling frustrated. You might be here today thinking, I've had the same week as I've always had. It's been the same thing over and over again. You feel unsatisfied. You feel like you finished the week and you still feel a little bit thirsty, maybe a little bit empty. We're still searching. Maybe you need to consider changing the well that you've been going to. Maybe you need to consider just mixing it up a little bit. See, the, the, the old well is the fact that we go through life thinking, you know what I want? 
is I just want a bit more money. Man, if I had some more money, oh, life would be way better. That's, that's just what I need. We go through thinking if I had, you know, more materialistic things, if I had a nicer car, if I had that nicer house, then, you know, everything would be okay. If people could think that I, you know, when I come in the church, I just hope people think I've got it all together. You know, I hope they don't see me crying in the worship. You know, it's too embarrassing. Like, that's, that's the thing. People, maybe you think, like, if people would just like me, then I could be happy. They're all okay things, but maybe not all the priority and the thing that really God is calling you to, right? And so but the end of, at the end of the day, all of those things, they actually start to, they start to fade away. They're like the old well. You still end up thirsty at the end of the day. And, and 1 John 2 verse 17 talks about not loving the things of the world. It says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God, whoever wants the will of God for their life, what do they do? They live forever. They access eternity. It's in your heart. So if you feel like parts of your life uh, always leave you dissatisfied, maybe it's time to go to a new well. Maybe it's time to go down another track. Maybe it's time to go a different way because you've been going to the same old well for so long. It's time to, it's time to mix it up. You know, it's like this stuff. Can you see this? Does anyone know what this is? This is hubba bubba, Okay. And uh, I don't know if, if everyone has, uh, you know, tried this or chewed this, but when I was a kid, like, this was the jam. Anyone else, like, show of hands? Any young people was this? Yeah, good, good, good. And, and this stuff, like, this stuff is so sneaky, you know, like, it is, it is, like, addictive and awful, but at the same time, it is just, like, the worst stuff you could ever, like, chew, you know? It is the worst. I'll tell you why, because you put one piece in your mouth, and after five chews, it's got no flavor. Hey, true. It's so true. Like this, this stuff is just, oh, it's, it's so bad. And, and I remember being a kid and like chewing this stuff and like, you know, having like, you know, one piece and five chews and then running it out of flavor. They're thinking, oh, the only option is to have another piece. I got to have, a, you know, I got to put another piece in and maybe that will fix the problem. And, and I remember, you know, you know, those people who do like, let's see if we can do a whole packet all at once. <laughs> two packets all at once, like that was, that was me, I was that guy, you know, that's just how I roll. But this, the, same, the same thing happens, it stays bland and flavorless, and it just, it just, everyone knows it just doesn't last, like you just, you get to a point when you realize how bad it actually is, and how like someone was saying this morning, uh, that they just remember getting like locked jaw from, you know, like, oh, you know, it's not, it's not ideal, we just get a sore jaw, <laughs> that's, that's how it works, but it's this amazing, it's this amazing image of not being able to fix the same old, same old in life with the same old things. The, the flavor disappeared. Life, I'd, I lost my passion for it. I didn't feel as excited for church as I used to. Maybe it's because you're just turning up with the same expectation, doing the same things. Come on, you need a new thing in life. You need a, a new well in life. That's, that's where it's at. There are areas in your life that have become almost what feels like stale and almost like maybe you could describe it as a wasteland. Like there's just nothing there. And I just love the idea that if you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always got. There's someone in the room who just needs a new thing. And, and I believe that one moment in the presence of God, man, it could change everything. And I'm sorry if I seem a bit passionate about it. I just believe it. I just know it. I've experienced it in my life that in the presence of God, there can be joy. 
There could be true happiness. Come on, in the presence of God, there could be peace. There's patience. You can, you can oh, there's like all these fruits of the Spirit. You can have a, a, a sense of direction and, and receive a dream and a vision and an idea of where life is to go. And Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43 verse 18, that's an amazing message from God. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past, but see, I am doing a new thing. See, I am doing, it springs up. Do you not perceive it? It's like that spring that comes up from within you. And then it says this, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. It's streams in the wasteland of life that come from, guess what? The new well, the new place. You need a new way, go to Jesus. You need something to change, go to Jesus. Decide to go to the new well today. Stop drinking this that stale old water. That stale old water. If you want to be more of a follower of Jesus, not just a fan, you need to want what he has to offer you. It's the living water that he has to offer you today. We have to make that declaration. Jesus, you know what? I don't want it if you're not in it. I don't want it if you're not a part of it. And I love the story about blind Bartimaeus. This, this incredible, incredible picture of, of Jesus healing this blind man. It's a great moment. It talks about uh, uh, being rid of spiritual blindness and actually having sight for not just like a, a physical sight, but sight for your entire life. That's what this story really, really deeply talks about if you look into it. But there's a few things that this story tells us that I think we can apply to us uh, and apply to our lives and, and apply to this conversation today. See, this, this story points out a few amazing things. and There's really probably more than this, but there's three things that I want to just highlight to you today. And uh, the, the first thing uh, that this story tells us is simply that this man, blind Bartimaeus, he's a beggar. He's a beggar. That's, that's what it says. It literally dis- just describes his situation. It says that he was on the roadside. He was begging. That he was, he was begging. That's what he... He did. We understand that he was blind, but because he was blind, he was forced to be a beggar, right? He was forced to be a beggar. He couldn't work. He couldn't create an income for himself. He couldn't find a way to, you know, I guess live off what he could do. So he was made to, to, to beg. That's just, that's just how, how it was for him. That's how, that's how it worked. And in, the, in those days, there would be a, uh, a I guess, a a government issue cloak that he would wear. I don't know if you know this, but the, that there would be, he would be issued because he had a legit reason to be a beggar. He would put on a coat that would identify him as just that, as a beggar. It would, it would identify him as a real beggar so that if there was anyone else there who didn't deserve to be there, who didn't have a reason to be there, who wasn't blind or doesn't, didn't have the disability that they couldn't stay there, they had to, they had to move on. He was, a, he was a real beggar and he had his spot on the road. You know, it's like it's almost something to be proud of. I'm a real beggar and I'm on the road. And that's, that's how it is. And, and maybe you feel like you're going through life just begging for things all the time. You feel like something happened and it held you back. There's something that, that went on in your world and maybe you can pinpoint it, maybe you can think of it right now. It's something that has made you feel like you were unable or disabled from the calling of God, from the purpose that God has for your life. I wanna tell you today that God didn't create you intending you to go through life begging your way through life. See, the issue with being a beggar 
And the issue with his situation, even though he was identifying as a beggar, even though he had the cloak, even though he deserved to be a beggar, the issue with it is that you take whatever you can get, right? Like whatever he gets handed is, is what he takes. He, he would just settle for whatever came his way. And if you go through life begging and just, you know, kind of going for whatever you can take, you'll settle for whatever comes your way. You'll settle for just like the status quo. You'll settle for what is small. And all it takes, as we see from Bly Bartimaeus' situation, there's a moment when we turn to Jesus. Why? Because in Jesus, there's more. In Jesus, there's life. In Jesus, there's the way. In Jesus, there's the truth. In Jesus, there's just more for our life. If you could actually call out to Jesus, like Bly Bartimaeus, did, your world would be turned around. Stop seeing yourself as a beggar. You have to throw off the cloak. You have to stop identifying as that. Stop seeing yourself as a beggar and start seeing yourself as he sees you, as a son and as a daughter of the Most High King. Come on, you don't just deserve a spot on the side of the road to beg. You, des you deserve a spot in the kingdom of God. You deserve a spot in this, His royal palace. It's where you are included. He called you. A, you are His son. You are His daughter. And He loves you so much, so, so much, that He would pick you up off the road and He'd send you on your way. And He'd say, welcome to the kingdom of God. Stop being a beggar. I wonder if I can get um, Callum up. Where's Callum? Let's get Callum up on the keys because, you know, he's got the magic fingers. It's beautiful. Ah, weird. So the first thing is that we have to understand he is a, he's a beggar. The second thing we need to know is that the people shut him up. The people shut him up. Verse 48 says, Many people rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more and said, Son of David, have mercy on me. As he started to raise his voice, people rebuked him and told him to be quiet. He starts to call out to Jesus. And what happens? People start to shut him up. People, people start to try to, to shut him down. I can imagine it. They're like, Bartimaeus, you're so embarrassing. You're too loud. Bartimaeus, no one likes you. You're like, he doesn't, want to, he doesn't want to hear from you. You're not worth it. You're just a, you're just a beggar. Stop, stop embarrassing yourself, man. Like, I can just picture that's the, like, like this, but he's a beggar, right? We've probably established that. And so if he's a beggar, what else does he do to get what he needs in life? What other way does he actually get anyone's attention? What other, what, what, he doesn't have any other way really of receiving what he needs to survive. It's, it's his only way of getting what he needs. It's how he gets a change. And, and I want to just maybe raise the idea today that if he was to just be in that moment yelling out for for coins or for crumbs or for what had just come off the back of someone's table or, or something, that people probably wouldn't have had a problem with it. That people probably wouldn't have shut it down. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have said anything. It, would have, it wouldn't have been an issue. And I find it so interesting that the moment he starts calling out to Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who can actually bring healing to his life, that people decide it's a little bit inappropriate. And Bartimaeus, you need to stop making so much noise. That when he starts to call to the one who can actually save him, that people try to shut him down. I want to just share this idea with you that the enemy has no problem with you begging for stuff as long as you're not begging for Jesus. 
He has no problem with you begging for the things of the world. He has no problem with you wanting the things of the world as long as you're not going to Jesus. That's why when you come into church, you feel every now and then a little bit insecure. That's why when you come into a place like this, you have this thought of like, you know what? I don't know if I deserve to be here because the enemy would put thoughts in your mind that would shut you down from going to Jesus. He would put things in your mind that would stop you from from being able to access the freedom that is in Him. That's why when you raise your hands in worship, you know, you might see people doing it and you're like, I'm gonna raise my hands, that looks really fun. But then it's like, oh, that feels weird. You know, oh, that's not me. I don't wanna be that passionate guy. That's, you know, I'm not, I'm not, that's not how I roll. It's just not my, that's not my personality. But when you raise your hands, you know, it's like a reaching out to God. It's like a surrender moment to God. It's, it's like a moment where you're deciding, you know what, I'm gonna stop sitting here. I'm gonna start calling out on the name of Jesus. And those thoughts pop into your mind and it's the enemy doing whatever he can to stop you from being distracted by, a, uh, to, to make you, sorry, distracted by what's going on around you and stop you from focusing everything that you have in that moment on Jesus. It's what he does. This is how he works. The people tried to shut him up but it didn't work. It didn't, it didn't work. He pushed through. And some of us, we just need to push through. Some of us, we just need to keep pushing. We need to keep going. Come on, if you feel insecure, go to Jesus about it. Come on, if you feel like you're out of place, know that you belong here, that God loves you so much. Jesus loves you so much. This church loves you so, so much. First thing is that He's a beggar. I'm about to finish. The, the second thing, the second thing is, is that the people tried to shut him up. And, and the third thing that we need to understand is that he wanted what Jesus could give him. He wanted what Jesus could give him. Verse 51, Jesus asked him this question, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man then responds and says, Rabbi, he didn't hesitate. He didn't think about it for too long. He just said, I wanna see. Rabbi, I want to see. Here's the question today. What would have happened if, if this guy, if Bartimaeus, if he just asked the question, like, you know what, could you just make me rich? Like, if he, if he asked, hey, you know how, um, I wonder if you could just make me famous. You know, that'd be really cool. Like, maybe there's this other spot down the road and that bigger has it, but I'd really like his spot. So Jesus, could you like do some work and give me that spot? Because he gets way more money where he sits. Like, he could, like, Jesus asked the question, what do you want? He could have answered with any of those things and Jesus could have been like, hey, I'll see what I can do. He could have given him some advice on how to steward his money well. He could have given him some advice on how to be an influence and how to be a friend. He could have given him, I don't know, some confidence to go and ask for that other spot. But the only thing that Jesus could give him right then and there, the only thing that he could do to actually change his situation in that instant, in that moment, was to actually give him sight. Bartimaeus, he gets it right. Because he just said, I, I just want to see. And it turns out that Jesus, you know, he could give great advice and that'd be amazing. But right then in that moment, he had the power and the authority to actually heal him, to actually take away his blindness. I'm proud of Bartimaeus. He did the right thing. He asked for the right thing. He wanted what Jesus could actually give him. He wanted what Jesus could actually give him. And I think that we get caught in this trap of asking for all the wrong things. We ask for all the wrong things. It's the things of the world. We feel like, you know what? If I could just be rich, this stuff is gonna help. The friendships are gonna help. 
You know, the, I like all that kind of stuff. It's, it's good, but it's not the ultimate thing. Some of us aren't asking for what God wants for us. We're just asking for what we want. And here's what happens. We stay blind. We stay blind to the fact that He just, he just loves you. That whatever your life situation is, you can't work to make it better, to make Him love you more. But just as you are, you are enough. Just as you are, you are perfection. And He loves every part about you. So if you need hope today, go to Jesus. Because He can give you hope. Come on, if you need peace today, go to Jesus. Because He is the Prince of Peace. And He has peace for your situation. Come on, if if you're sick of living in anxiety and fear, go to Jesus. If you want to know a greater purpose for your life, come on, young people. Come on, wherever you're at, whatever stage of life you're in, there is another purpose. There is a great purpose for you to be living in. And for some of us, it's just to continue to become who He's created us to be. But we just need to go to Jesus. If you want to make a difference in your life, but also in the lives of those around you, let's go to Jesus. If you really want to be a follower of Jesus, we have to go to Him. We have to declare You know what? I don't want this if you're not in it. Jesus, I only want it if you are in it. And I just think if we can make that declaration today, you know, when we make that declaration that He shows up, that He turns up, and let's let's get the whole band on the stage because I think... I think that God wants to turn up in this place today. In fact, I already sense the presence of God, that your faith, your collective faith, the fact that you're here, the Bible says we're two or three are gathered there in His name. He is also in the midst that He is in this place and He wants to do a work in our life. And, and I wanna pray for, for anyone today. I wanna pray for people that you would receive, not what the world has for you, but you would receive today what God has for you that He has something to actually give you. And, uh, and I just believe that as we make Him the priority, that whatever we feel is a lack in life, come on, that whatever we feel is missing in life, I don't know if you can pinpoint one thing or two things. You feel like there's a gap. Did you know that it's in His presence that we receive all that we need? That as we come to the feet of Jesus, Come on, as, as we get up off the roadside and we actually go to Him, and when He asks us what we want, as He asks us what it is that we're searching for, you know, I think some of us, we don't need to just ask to be able to see. Some of us, we just need, we just need Jesus. In fact, I know all of us, we need Jesus. I need Jesus. Today, I need, I need Jesus. And so, I think we should take a moment I don't know quite how this is going to work or how this is going to look. Um, what song are you playing? Is this Build My Life? Can we, we do, um, is what? Oh, I just want you. Is it? Should we do that one? Okay. Amazing. That's great. I, I just think for a moment, like this, this message isn't just for a small group of people. I think this is for everybody. And I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know what it looks like for you. But I think that each and every one of us right now, we have an opportunity to come to the feet of Jesus and receive everything that we don't just want, but everything that we need in life. That there's something that you need today. Come on, if you need confidence for tomorrow, 
Come on, if you've got like a big decision that you need to make, Jesus wants to help you with it. If you've got something going on and it's just like turmoil and it just feels like it's a little bit out of control, that He wants to meet you where you are. And so I just think, come on, just for a moment, come on, why don't we, why don't we stand to our feet this morning? Why don't we stand to our feet? Just for a moment, the team's gonna lead us in this song. We're gonna sing this song together. We're gonna declare that we just want Jesus. We're gonna declare that it's, it's just Him that we need. We don't want anything apart from Him. He's our focus. He's our goal. Come on, that we would set Him at the forefront of our minds. So just for a moment, come on church, why don't you raise your hands? Just for a moment, why don't you begin to focus on Him? Let's turn our eyes towards on Him. Let's sing this together. Let's declare this together. I just want you. I just want you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Nothing else will do, Lord. Declare it over your situation this morning. I just want you. Come on, He wants to meet you where you're at. He wants to give you what you need. I just want you. I just want.